Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to be back with you. Happy Easter. We continue in this Easter season, which has been a reason for a bit of a hiatus here as we've uh, gotten back into the swing of things after Easter. And we're excited, though, to be back with you. And we're in the midst of a new sermon series called Spring Cleaning. And something that Pastor Lauren came up with right before Easter, And my initial comment was, well, that sounds kind of cheesy. Uh, but actually, once I started listening <laughs> to his rationale, I thought it was a great series, and uh, we're excited to be in the midst of it and uh, looking at these different things that get in the way of our embracing the resurrection life. So, Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about the genesis of this series? You know, some somewhere, somehow, I knew when I approached you that you would first think <laughs> that a sermon series titled Spring Cleaning would be cheesy, <laughs> yet... I persisted. That's right. Um, No, I, you know, um, I think this time of year, very practically speaking, I always am thinking about what do I need to get rid of? Um, The weather is getting a little warmer. We need to make room for the sunscreen and the pool toys and all of that stuff. And we need to clear out the coat closet. And I'm kind of a junkie for organization in a practical sense anyway. I, I love going through my closet and getting rid of clothes I don't wear anymore. Um, But, you know, we're just in that phase of life, too, with our kids where we're constantly thinking about, do we hold on to this? Do we get rid of it? Um, And then I started thinking about that related to our um, spiritual lives, our emotional lives, kind of our our own hearts. What are those things that we kind of keep holding on to? Because every year when we do spring cleaning or I go through my my closet, uh, there's one or two or three shirts that I keep holding on to. And I tell myself, well, it's a nice shirt. I might wear it one day. I never wear it. But why don't I get rid of it? And um, jumping back over to our hearts, our our spiritual lives, I do think there are things that we hold on to, not because we think they have value, but because we've just grown so accustomed to living with them. Things like guilt, things like fear, like shame, um, cynicism, that are pervasive in our lives. They're pervasive in society. And I don't think that we're often intentional about, one, recognizing their presence in our lives, and two, intentionally trying to release them, to let go of them. Um, And so I started thinking about that in relationship to the season of resurrection, which is all about new life and newness and embracing the, the new thing God is doing. But practically, it's hard to embrace something new when we're holding on to things from the past. And right. so that's where my mind started to piece this series together. And Yeah, it's great, too, to yeah. see. And we talked about that this week, that um, all of those themes are right there in Scripture. And I don't think it's any accident that you look yeah. at the post-resurrection uh, church and what was happening both in the book of Acts and we go to John's Gospel, where uh, we're spending our time during this series, uh, that in both of those places, those themes of fear and guilt, shame, yeah. cynicism, you know, all these things that we're still wrestling with, they're all right there in the early church among those early disciples yeah. and things that had to be pushed through 
um, had to be conquered in order for the gospel message to begin to spread, you know, throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it kind of seemed to fit. And I, I like the approach that we've, we're taking this season of just really trying to go through almost verse by verse, story by story through the end of John's gospel. We'll throw in one of uh, the great stories from Luke, the road to Emmaus story as well. But it's kind of, you know, we rarely do that week to week in our worship of, you know, read the story sequentially and to see how does this unfold? How does this resurrection news unfold? And so I'm also just excited that we're we're taking a little bit different approach than following um, some of the, you know, set lectionary texts. Although I was not very happy that first week because as I looked at the series, and if you were here this last week, you know, we went back to the Easter story in John's gospel, whereas we preached on Luke's gospel. Of course, I wasn't even here for the Luke's gospel. Yeah. Part of that was the problem too. Not You being were letting here. go of your fingertip. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> and, and my lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I was under the impression that we were on the week on fear. And I started thinking about that and then realized, oh, no, no, we're going back and talking about um, the uh, the Easter story again in John's gospel, which all worked out great. Yep. Um, but so fear, though, is this thing that's so palpable for, I think, all of us. And uh, certainly, again, is hugely present in those early stories. And we hear yep. the, about the disciples this coming week being locked away in the room. And that's what you're going to be yep. focusing on for your message this week. But what's that look like in your life? So I was thinking about, you know, the difference too between fears when we were children and when we were, when we're adults. And so what's, what's a story, Mm. what's a time when you remember being afraid as a child? As a kid? Yeah. Oh man, immediately what comes to mind. Do you remember the movie It? Yeah. It, a Stephen King movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some neighborhood kids that lived kind of behind us, they were always able to watch movies that my sister and I weren't Uh quite allowed to watch yet. Everybody knew those kids in the neighborhood. And one of them was It. And I was over at their house one day and the movie was on, all the neighborhood kids were there. And it was the first real scary movie that I had ever watched. And it's about the clown who lives in the sewers and kids come down into the sewer because they see balloons in the gutters and all of this. And oh, I got through the whole movie a little squeamish and a, you know, a little timid, but I remember riding my bike home from Josh and Jeremy's house. I turned the corner onto Red Fox road and right before I got to my house, I'm pedaling my pedal so fast on my bike. <laughs> and cause I'm conv- I, I need to get home because it might be out. Oh, yeah. It might, the clown might be out. And I so I was so afraid and I had worked myself up so much that right when I was pedaling in front of my house, there's these big bushes there. I was convinced that the clown was in the bush, that I leapt off my bike and I skinned both knees. My bike went tumbling. Obviously there was no clown. It's just a movie, but I had worked myself up with so much fear that it was like a self-fulfilled prophecy. I ended up getting hurt because of my fear. That's interesting. That's not completely dissimilar from what I was thinking about too, as a kid, one of those quintessential memories. And it was having a bad dream and it wasn't it, but it, it was a scarecrow that I had like vividly remember seeing in my window. I like woke up from a dream, but I must've only been half awake. And the thing was trying to scare me in the window. 
And I, he's like, well, I'm going to go away again and then I'll scare you again. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Go away. And as soon as he went away, I ran into my parents' room and jumped into their bed. To, yep. But I was like, I had, it was so vivid that I felt like for sure the scarecrow really was in my window yeah. and I was dreaming of that. It was that, uh, that palpable that I still remember that scene to this day. Right. You know, oh, I just had a sermon light bulb moment go off. So I'm debating right now in the moment. Ooh. Do I share some of this Process. or do I save it for Sunday? Uh-huh. I'm going to save it for Sunday. All right. All right. I'm going to save it for Sunday. All right. So grown up fear. Yeah. Grown up fear. Oh, a grown up fear. Oh, very clearly. Um, Brianna was, you've heard this story before. Brianna was maybe two years oh, old. I know you're going. Two yeah. years old, two and a half years old. <laughs> Becca's at work. Uh, I open the uh, basement door to throw down some clothes. Our laundry machine was right at the bottom of this. I throw down the clothes. I notice, oh, really quickly, I need to change over the load of laundry. It'll just take 15 seconds. So I shut the door behind me. It's just Brianna and I home. We don't have any other kids at this point. Down in the basement, and I hear the deadbolt to the basement door latch shut. So I realized Brianna locked me in the basement. I, I immediately, you know, put my hand on my pants. Where's my cell phone? I don't have my cell phone. This is an old house built in the 1930s. There are cinder, cinder block, you know, glass block windows. There's no way out. And I have no way to communicate with the outside world. So I'm on the other side of the door trying to get my two-year-old daughter to come over and unlock the door. She can't do it. She starts crying. I'm freaking out, just terrified that something bad is going to happen to Brianna. It's getting later and later. I mean, it was hours that I was locked in the basement (laughs) and Brianna, I could barely stick my fingers underneath the door to her little fingers and she's crying. I was terrified of a few things. One, that Brianna would somehow, she was tall enough to, you know, reach those knobs on the stove. The house could burn down. Could she go out the back door? If she can lock this door, she could unlock that door. And then I started thinking, I am terrified that my spouse is going to yes, kill me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was some real fear. Yeah, yeah. That so I, you know, I think I ever I knew that story, but I don't think I ever made the connection to mine. And you'll remember this too, um, that uh, Aubrey one time we were getting ready to go down to Finley Market. It was during the pandemic time. We're getting ready to go down there. I put her in her car seat, and she. had, was holding the keys as we walk out to the car and, and she still had the keys in her lap and I wasn't thinking about it. And I turned around the corner. I didn't have a door open on the car. We only have one set of keys for the van and she locked the van. She's yeah. sitting there and she's in her car seat. Maybe I don't think she was two at the time oh. and the van is locked and she is locked inside. Suzanne's just in the house. So I didn't even have any real, uh, yeah. you know, backup like, she was going to kill me soon uh, right. if I uh, didn't figure this out. And I'm watching Aubrey holding the keys and I'm trying to get her to push the right button. And she's just looking at me, kind of half yeah. giggling and almost dropping the keys, at the, which at that point yeah, she's locked done. her and then we're done. Yeah. And then it's AAA. But somehow I got her to just finally press a button and uh, unlock Instant the, release. Yes. Oh, but there's a lot of fear of both my wife killing me. Yeah. And, when when uh, Becca finally got happened. home, and Lauren, where are you? Where are you? Where, I'm, I'm down here. I'm in the base. She opened the door. She looked at me. And she said, what are you doing? 
<laughs> doing? <laughs> it was the most traumatic afternoon of my life. <laughs> yeah. Those fear is a real thing though. And yeah. you know, it can be circumstantial and it can be underlying and pervasive. Right. And I, I think, I think one of the, I think there are a lot of different types of fears that we live with. Um, w- we might have fear that is very much related to a particular, we might have a fear, a fear of running out of resources, not having enough, a fear of being alone, a fear of not being loved, a fear of disconnection, a fear of, but we can also live with sort of an underlying sense of fear, which then limits our ability to think rationally, to move into the future, to take, to take opportunities. Because if we're operating with the fear mindset, the mindset of fear, we're always calculating what could go wrong, which it's important to think about what could go wrong. But when that's all we're doing, we miss out on what could be possible. Right. And, um, and I think that's what we want to explore. That's what I'm curious to explore this weekend in the sermon. Yeah. I think one of the, the passages, too, we often go to, and we weren't, we're not using it this, this week, but we certainly could have, um, is uh, from First John, and uh, it says, "Love has been perfected. Uh, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love." Mm. Um, and I think that's part of, you know, what we see in the, the resurrection story too, this perfect love of God. So much of that fear of God, fear of wrath, fear of judgment, um, those fears that we then personify too with others, you know, fear of disappointing others, um, which is also this fear and disappointing God, it all gets wrapped up yeah. together. But this idea of living in love, um, this love yeah. that conquers even death on the cross um, if we're living in that love, then this fear, you know, what do we have to fear? Yeah, I like that a lot because I think, I think taking that uh, another, another shade of that is that sometimes we're afraid to take any action because we're afraid of doing something wrong. Right. I felt that way at times. I think we've met people who kind of continually feel that way. I, I don't want to mess up. I, but if you're living in love, you're not afraid of messing up because you're, you're not worried about a punishment. Right. Um, and so I, I think grace and acceptance and that radical sense of, of knowing that no matter what I am loved and nothing's going to change about that can equip you to, to step out and take a risk or to try something. And you know, that's what we want our kids to know and to learn that, you know, how many times have we said, I don't care if you get it wrong. I just want you to try. Right. I just want you to try. And, um, and I think sometimes fear has us not try. Right. And then we miss out and the right. world misses out on whatever it is we might have to offer. Um, yeah. 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 There's that, the old, uh, presidential quote, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And, yeah. you know, we come back to that again and again, because it's so true. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, if we're living in love, then the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah. There's a great, oh, maybe that's another sermon moment. 
Matt, we were watching, you know, the, the, uh, it came out a couple years ago, the little animated movie. It's on Disney Plus right now, Onward. Have you seen Onward? Two, two brothers. And oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh-huh. uh, their dad, they lived in like a fantasy magical land right. and they're, they're on this adventure. Yeah, that's good. And they've got a, you know, uh, the younger brother has the wizard power and they come to this chasm, you know, a cliff with a, with a drop off and they have to get to the other side. But the one brother has to believe that his magic spell worked in order to walk across the air. But the second he starts to doubt, he'll start to fall. And um, I think that sometimes how fear works is when, when we focus on fear, we spiral. Mm-hmm. And we just spiral down and we start to fall. Um, but what does it mean to take one step in, in faith or in trust? Um, because once you take one step and the scene is so beautiful because he realizes, oh, I'm doing it. And then he gets really excited and he's more confident than ever. Yeah. So in the way that fear can have a spiral further down, so can taking one step cause us to take five. Right. Um, right. It's all what direction do you want to move? Well, and it's also interesting the the parallels to that. You know, no no story is a new story. Um, you know, story that that parallels to Peter on the on the yeah. water with Jesus. Um, exactly. and it's always that that presence of Christ that that we feel is what enables us to take that next step. And and with Peter, and it's so fascinating that so often Peter that's afraid in the stories because it's Peter who's the rock upon which the church will be built. Um, and it's the resurrection that the tran- that is the transformational yeah. power there for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to um, dig more into this in this week's sermon and to do some more study about fear. And that's what we'll be exploring this weekend. Um, but we, we hope to uh, kind of return with more of these little conversations and, and podcast episodes uh, digging into this spring cleaning series. And so that's the invitation is to be thinking about what are you holding on to, or rather what's, what's kind of holding you back from experiencing new life, new hope, um, where God has promised, um, that all things will work out. And so, uh, hopefully together we can let go of some baggage. That's right. And, uh, not just in the coat closet, but internally. Well, I'll be working on my fear of flying this week. Uh, at, huh. Yeah, I'm really, it's really about the sermon series. That's the reason I'm going to this conference out yeah, in Arizona. Sure. Yeah, uh-huh. Nothing to do with the, the beautiful scenery and, and poolside. Um, That's right. no, I am looking forward to being out with a bunch of other pastors this next week, uh, large congregations in the ELCA. It's always a really rich time to think about ministry together and uh, where the church is headed, particularly right now with all that's happened uh, with this pandemic uh, be really interesting to he- yeah. hear how everyone's doing and what uh, what new ideas people have coming out of yeah enjoy enjoy the conference and uh, we can maybe dialogue about some of that on an episode what what you've learned that's and right that'll be great awesome all right have a great week everybody thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.